I want to look at some truths we can learn from this, the pattern that God establishes from really Genesis, and then you see it stick up throughout the Bible in different people's lives, and now even it applies to 2023. In the midst of all this chaos, God still has a plan. I want you to notice three truths out of this passage the Christmas story reminds us of. And as God accorded it to his own son, he does the same thing for you and I today. Because when we become Christians, when we get saved by the grace of God, we become sons and daughters of God. The Bible says in John chapter 1, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And so if you are saved today, if you've been born again, I didn't ask if you were religious, I didn't ask if you've been baptized, I asked you if you did what the Bible says we are to do, which is to be born again, to trust Jesus Christ, and solely in him for salvation, then you are a child of God today on this Christmas. Isn't that a blessing? Well, Christmas is so much better when you wake up tomorrow morning knowing you're a son of the king, a daughter of the king, knowing that you belong to him, knowing that you've been saved. Having said that, there's three neat truths that I'm going to extract here from this passage here that just remind us about the beauty of God and his plan. Number one, I want you to notice that God always has a plan. Everything is planned. God always has a plan. And people, the first question people to ask is, well, if God always has a plan, why are things so messed up in this world? Well, God's plans aren't always carried out. Last night, our family had a little bit of drama because we had a plan to do something last night as a family. We had a meal, and there was an activity we were going to do, but we didn't finish all the chores. Not we. I should not say we. She did not get to finish all the chores because our wife, without my wife, there would be no Christmas, right? And uh, so we had to postpone that activity. And one of the dignans, not me, one of my four children, not the boy, not the second or the fourth born, I'm not going to name any names, is very, gets very uh, disappointed if things aren't, don't, don't go as planned, right? When we go on family vacation, she's the one that wants to plan everything out for the day. We're getting up at 6 a.m., we're going to this, we're going to do that. And sometimes my family's like, no, we're not doing anything today, right? And, uh, but the fact is God has a plan for everybody, I have disrupted his plans many times. And the reason the Christmas story was successful and came to fruition and it happened in 2,000 years later, we still celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, is because God's plan went through. Praise the Lord for that. Notice in Matthew chapter 1 and verse uh, 22 again, the Bible says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. This was prophesied hundreds of years before. It had been prophesied way, 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 way back. And God said there will be a virgin that will birth a son. And that son will be Emmanuel. He'll be the counselor, the governor, the prince of peace. He's going to be the one that's going to change the world. He shall be called Jesus, which shall save his people from their sins. Number one, thank God for his plans. Can I tell you, my friend, today, no matter where you're at in your life, he has a plan for you in 2024. He has a plan for you. And the plans he has for me are different than the plans he has for you. But he has a plan for you. And I tell you what, I've learned this, okay, sometimes a hard way, that when God disrupts my plans and I do what I'm supposed to do and by faith trust his plans, it always works out better. God's plans are always the best. You see, none of us would have planned for Jesus to be born in a stable. None of us would have planned for Jesus to be born with animals all around him. None of us would have made sure, uh, made sure that he was uh, no room for him in the end. We would have made sure he was born in a, a nice hotel with cleanliness, with doctors, and everything ready. But that wasn't God's plan. 
Maybe many of us thought he should have stood before the kings. He should have been presented to the, to the leaders of the world. But no, God said, I'll plan for the shepherds to see him first. Isn't it beautiful? After the fact, after the event is over, and you look back and say, wow, now I see why God planned it that way. And God's plans are always beautiful and perfect. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Number two. Another principle or truth you can extract from this that you never have to worry about is this. When God has a plan, in the midst of his plans, you will see promises fulfilled. Promises. God gives promises and they happen 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 and they happen. God is a God of promises. And when God says something, if we do what he tells us, he will always uphold his end of the bargain. Always. God will always do that. Case in point again, look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's a promise. How many have been saved from your sins today? Raise your hand. Promise fulfilled. All right, look at verse 22. Now this was all done that it might be fulfilled, watch this, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Again, that was a promise given way, way back. This is a verse from Isaiah. So hundreds and hundreds of years prior to this event, it was promised. It didn't happen when we thought it was going to happen. It didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. But God had a plan. And when God's plan come and come in contact with his promises, look out. Look out, church. Look out. God's plans and God's promises, when they come together, they are beautiful. They are blessed. They are wonderful. The biggest problem with America today, I believe, is not in government. It's in simply this. So few people experience God's plans and God's promises all the time now. We are trying too hard to fix the problems on our own. We're trying too hard to find the solution to the problems of our society today on our own. We're trying and we're trying and we're trying and we're trying. And what we need to do on this Christmas is be like the shepherds. Be like the wise men. Just come and bow down and worship him. He's the one that was planned. He's the one that was promised. And because of his plans and because of his promises, I now am a part of the plan. I now can witness his promises. I am a part of God's plan. Wow, not on the same scale as Jesus Christ, but I get to be in. I get to experience. I see the blessings. I fail all the time. I disappoint him all the time. I don't always succeed in his plans. But thank God today, I can testify that his plans are real. His promises are legit. Thank God today for his plans and his promises. And that leads to number three. Perfection. Perfection. Now I'm going to give you perfection in two, two definitions here today. Because biblically speaking, there are two ways to define Perfection. Perfect can be defined as sinless, without spot. Well, this chapter gives us the perfect baby. This chapter gives us the perfect sacrifice. This chapter gives us the perfect son. As you look at there in verse number 21 again, it says, And ye shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he, look at this now, he, Jesus, shall save his people from their sins. There's nobody else that can save me from my sins. I cannot save myself from sins. The Pope cannot save me from my sins. 
No, no Baptist preacher, no Methodist preacher, no Lutheran pastor, no whatever fill in the blank pastor or religious leader could ever save us from our sins. Because that which is not perfect cannot save that which is not perfect. But when you find somebody perfect, when somebody qualifies as perfection, when somebody has never sinned, and that person is Jesus Christ, and he becomes a part of the plan, and he fulfills the promise... Oh, a perfect salvation is given to all who will receive. Praise God for that. And here's the second spotlight of the word perfect. The word perfect in the Bible also means complete or finished. So God has a desire to start a plan in your life and my life. God has a desire to let you and me see his promises come to fruition within the plans he has for your life and my life. You say, but preacher, I'm 75 years old. Preacher, I'm five years old. I don't know where I'm at in my life. It doesn't matter where you're at. God's not interested in where you've been and even where you're at. He's excited about where you're going. And I would encourage all of us on this Christmas Eve Sunday to look at God and say, God, I don't know what 2024 holds, but whatever it holds, I want to be with you in 2024. Be with God. Go his way. Go his direction. Go according to his plan. Because yes, my friend, I promise you this. He has a plan for you and me in 2024. Number one, there's a plan. Number two, there's a promise. Number three, here it is, perfection. Jesus Christ perfected it. Jesus Christ died and rose again so that we might have a perfect salvation. And now in the midst of that, you and I can finish his plans according to his promises, while we are here on earth. Every day, you and I get to contribute or be a part of finishing, perfecting his work and his plan in our lives. I don't know about you, but those are three truths that I can glean from this passage on Christmas that are just fantastic. I ask you today, honestly, to look in the mirror of your life, just ask yourself and answer it honestly. Am I where God wants me to be in life? So many people say they believe in God, but he's just a crutch. He's just some distant being. And we have swallowed that lie for too long. God is a personal creator who wants to know you. And he knows where you've been. And he doesn't want to be blamed anymore for the things we've done in our past. Because everything I've done wrong is on me. I've made the mistakes. God went out of his way to bring me back to him. And in the midst of all that, those, those blessings and those promises, I'm humbled and contrite and blessed to know that he still pays attention to me. Israel did not deserve a savior and God gave him. I did not deserve a savior, but God gave him to me. And so today, learn from those three principles, those three truths, the plan, the promises, and the perfection. Merry Christmas. Heads about eyes are close. Thank you for listening so well today.
Then he made 